Yo, 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 yo,
This is Tribe Down South with Vinyl Sim Radio, episode number four. I've got a really dope uh, interview coming up for you with Mr. Young Unky, who happened to open the episode for us with a track called Jazz Before the Bust, parentheses, wait for it. <laughs> the, uh, the track itself comes from his Flip Trips 2 mix. And I will be more than happy to play some more music of his later on. But let's see what's been going on the past couple of days since I've posted. I feel like it got really cold ever since, what, two days ago? It was Halloween. And it's just been freezing, bro. Like, we haven't really had a fall. And come to think of it, there really wasn't much of, like, a transition between... Uh, the winter and summer so we didn't really get like a spring either so this climate this climate stuff dude it's kind of scary i don't know if you heard where there's a youtuber called mr beast who's running like this he started like a video and it created like a campaign twitter thing where if you donate money it's like for each dollar that you donate to this charity, they'll go and plant a tree somewhere. So I was actually really considering throwing something into that because this is kind of weird. Like this is strange, especially for this area down here in um, North Carolina. Normally fall is like really, there's, there's more time, I guess, in between. But anyways, so I'm going to be talking with Mr. Young Unky. Before I do that, I'm going to play some tracks of artists that have already submitted. It's just like some extra stuff that they have that I didn't get a chance to play in the beginning. So I want to play some stuff by DJ Craig and IQ Vibe. And then since Moonside is out, I'll throw a couple of those tracks that I've put out. And I'll talk about them a little bit just to give you like a rundown of where my head was at. Because this episode isn't really going to be focused on any sort of beat making or beat tutorials or anything. So I figured I'd just give you a little bit of something. Um, because this interview is going to run for quite some time. And there's really good information in there as well too. But I wanted to balance it out. So before I do that, we're going to play some tracks. And we will get back into... What's this one called? I Got Mine by DJ Craig. Thank you for tuning in. What do you think you're going with my woman? I'm not your woman anymore, Trevor. Hey, talking to him. So, I hear some real hot shot on your feet. <laughs> 
think you the man, don't you? I get mine. So let's see who the hot dancer is. You and me, right here, right now.
DJ Craig with I Get Mine. You had Q Train and you had Mimosa from IQ Vibe. 
Some really, really good stuff there. And I just wanted to take this time to like say thank you, like appreciate the people that have submitted because I, f I was kind of like hesitant at first to have it open for everyone because I wasn't sure if there really was going to be people that were submitting the music that was going to match or the sounds that I was kind of going for. And of course, everybody does their own kind of style, but I feel like everyone really came through on this and I haven't really had to go through much filtering. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, all the songs that I do play, they are ones that, you know, really do touch me or it's something that I really enjoy and I really wanted to show off for you because it's really good. You know, you put in the time and I can hear it. So thank you. And as far as those last two tracks, we had Truno Tofu and another track that came off of the recent release under Tribe Down South called uh, Rip Selty. Yep, Truno Tofu and Rip Selty. Okay, so just quickly about these two tracks. Um, I haven't, like I was saying in a couple episodes before, I haven't really had much time to with work and school to get a hold of like a new like pad for my SP and I've been really wanting to sit down and work on my SP303 too. Um, so I'm trying to get some time put back so I can do something with that but I can't really like I guess the point of it all is that I can't really use the SP like how I originally was when I was first making tracks this year or when I started putting stuff on like Spotify and distribution. And I was kind of worried, you know, at first that I wasn't going to be able to make stuff because that's all I kind of knew. So after that happened or when they started to wear down and then I wasn't getting as good contact, I started moving over to actually learning how to use Ableton. And that's been kind of insightful, mainly because the pads that I have it's just like I was worried because like I was coming from GarageBand, a lot of the stuff is already pre-assigned when you plug in like a USB keyboard or something that has pads on it. Like you're, you're not able to assign stuff to those pads unless you go into the options and you're messing with MIDI uh, preferences and stuff like that. But with Ableton, for me, it was just plug and play. Um, I just had to watch a couple tutorials as far as like where everything was and trying to find like you know certain things that i knew were in garage band were over here but where are they over here in ableton that kind of stuff so over those past couple months it actually took me a, a good two months to be really comfortable with it and hopefully i'll be upgrading it shortly because i want to get back into using the sp as like the forefront um but with those two tracks specifically, like what I did was I took some either samples that I really enjoyed or something that was like a really simple chop and I wanted to layer them and add stuff to them and build on it instead of it just being like a normal, okay, here's a sample and here's some drums on it. Bam. Nah, that's not how I, that's not how I roll, man. <laughs> I wanted to make it interesting. And so with that first track, True No Tofu, that was actually one that I did a couple months, yeah, about a month or two ago, precisely when Lo-Fi Losers was dropping their second mix, and I wanted to add something to that. This was kind of like 
my take on making a track that already had like samples chopped up with the drums and then I just wanted to add something to it so I was like well fuck it let's do some bass and it fit perfectly and I was having trouble with it at first because the bass that I was using even though that take that I did I ended up making like a whole thing out of it where that take was that I recorded and put on Instagram was also the take that I was using in the song but the problem with that was uh the pickups in the bass guitar are active, which means that they're battery powered. And I think um, they have way more output because of that fact. So when I had, you know, everything dialed in, I was thinking, oh, this is just like your normal run of the mill bass, set my levels and then hit record. And I come back and a lot of it was clipping. I was like, oh, shit, that don't sound how it should or how it did at first, you know, when I was first recording. So a lot of it I had to re redo, retake, not necessarily like as far as playing the whole thing over, but there were certain parts that did clip too badly that I couldn't use. But for the most part, it was all one take on the bass. Um, most of these samples, like with Rip Celti 2, that was another one that I had drum set up and I had the sample and I wanted it to be something more than just that. So I started adding keyboard stuff to it. And I'll talk about this in another episode because I want to keep all this light for the interview. But I've got this new little device that works kind of in the same way if you're a guitar player, for example, and you don't know how to play piano that well. Well, this guitar thing, it's called a jammy, but it works in the same way, the same uh, chord positions. It would be read as the chords or the notes that you would play on your MIDI keyboard. So... For someone like me that doesn't really play piano that well, this is a really, really easy transition. Um, so that was what I was trying to do with that track. More specifically, I was trying to add and layer stuff to it to make it like it was being added to the track. Um, I've still got a couple of tracks that uh, I did put out on that tape that were like from the ground up, like all made for me, but I'm not comfortable at that level yet i'm still trying to get to that point where i can make stuff that's 100 me um, but in the meantime you know i don't think there's anything wrong with sampling uh it just depends how you use it i guess at the end of the day as long as it sounds good you know it doesn't matter but for me personally that is an avenue that i want to get down into uh, because i want to be proud of not to say that using samples, you're not proud of it, but to say everything from the ground up is me is like way more show worthy, I guess, is the way to look at it. So with that being said, if you have any questions at all for me, you know, I'm still running the Discord. It's been kind of dead lately just because... Like I said, with the releases and with school and everything, it's been kind of hectic over here. So I haven't been online as much, especially on Instagram too. But once I get everything sorted out, I'll be back back to it. So before we jump into this interview, I'm just going to give you a little intro with Young Unky. I'm going to play two of his tracks from his latest release. Then we'll jump into talking with him, and then I'll close everything out with 
the last little section of those tracks because I want you to hear this whole tape from beginning to finish. It's really phenomenal. So for everyone that's tuned in, thank you. I'll see you next week. Hopefully <laughs> I'll be more active and stuff on the Discord and emails and stuff. So I hope to hear from you.
Thanks everybody for listening. We've got someone that I really admire personally. Uh, he's someone that makes sounds and beats ranging anywhere from like a dusty boom bap, like with some really clean, warm acapellas all the way up to like some really chill, like melodic stuff. So I want y'all to uh, give it up for Young Unky. I hope I'm saying that right. You are, you are, Young Unky. Hey. So tell me, man, um, where did you, where did you get your name from? Uh, Truth be told, I I guess it's just uh, where I'm at in my life. I am uh, a young uncle. So yeah, that's sort of where it came from. And like everyone that I've squatted up with in Toronto, I'm a bit of uh, the older cat of all the groups. So I always feel like I'm mentoring people in a way. So sort of where the uncle alias came from as well. Okay. So you're kind of like the the family man, if you will. I guess. <laughs> family man of the, the beat scene of Toronto. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool, man. So yeah. you said that you, you've grown up and you grew up in Bradford. Is that where you're originally from? Yeah, Bradford, Ontario. It was a, a small town when I originally moved there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's big now. It's not small, but yeah, that's where I grew up. Wow. Okay. So what, um, where would you say that you, or what got you started into like making music or got you motive like into the like beats and stuff like that? Uh, what originally got me started with music, I would say is, uh, a combination of my my brother and my old man like growing up my dad always played like weird b-side shit from like his era okay. and then uh my brother was sort of the same kind of cat like he introduced me to like jungle and drum and bass when i was probably like 12 years old Ooh. and uh, that was probably around the time when i got my first uh, turntable set up being like two gemini xl 1200s and uh, a little two channel mixer and yeah i was using pretty much all his shit so that was like the introduction into like different genres of music compared to what was being played on the the radio and all that stuff but after that i'd say is when i went to school for animation and game design there was the a cat i really took to there he more or less taught me how to play guitar and all that shit and then it just spiraled out of control from there oh guitar player I didn't know that. Yeah. Originally, that's where it mostly started. But like I, my brother showed me, I think FL Studio. Oh, I probably was like 15 years old or something like that. But I never knew how to use it or anything like that. I was just like making patterns. I didn't know that there was like a playlist function where you could like sequence patterns and all that kind of stuff. But. Oh, shit. That's what everybody was playing, you know, in high school, like on their computers when we were in the lab, just messing on little programs like that. Yeah, we had it in our libraries at school just for shits and giggles. We like, we we had all sorts of stuff that probably wasn't supposed to be on those systems, but yeah, it was either FL or 1.6 Counter-Strike. That's all we were doing back in the day. (laughs) Wow. Missed those, man. What happened to yeah. good, the Halo 2 days online? Halo like, 2? Yeah, oh, man. Oh, man. Xbox. I don't even think I was uh, playing games at that point in time. I know my like 
close buddies were still rocking the Halo, but I was always more a, a PlayStation or computer user over over uh, the Xbox there. Gotcha. Because I'd never, yeah, for me personally, I'd never had like a, a setup where I could play with someone online or talk to someone online. So Halo for me was like that first time of being able to like connect and reach out and have shit talk with other people. That yeah. was a mind blowing experience. I'd, I'd say, yeah, without a doubt. I'd say not to show my age or anything, but I don't know if you remember Quake Two. Yes. These are like back. This is back in like dial up days, but like that was my first intro to online play. There was like a mod called Action Quake. Okay. And like, yeah, it's like you basically you got like six choices of weapons, and then you could shit talk everybody on the on the game that you were playing. <laughs> That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I miss that kind of stuff because it seems like now every day, like, all the games that are coming out are, like, prepaid. Or you're not really getting, like, the full experience. It's like they give it to you for free then expect you to pay so much. Yeah, it's all play or pay to win for the most part nowadays. It's, it's no fun. No fun. No, but, it definitely uh, sucks. That's why I still fuck with Counter-Strike, though, because it's, like, one of those OG games that never went that route. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy all the skins you want, but it doesn't like change your attributes to your skill or anything like that. Right. Like it's still, as far as the game is concerned, like everybody's still equal. Yeah. Good stuff, man. So you yeah. said that you got started at a really young age, it seems like, with playing like instruments and, you know, your family showing you music and stuff. What are like some of your personal influences or people that you look up to? Uh, like you're talking like who do I look up to as far as like musicians right now? Sure. Okay, well, um, you know, there's the obvious five that everyone picks, but I'm not gonna go that route. But I'd say like right now I've been uh, pretty heavy with like Paul. I don't know if you know him. Uh, say it one more uh, time. I think you cut out for a sec. Apollo Brown. Apollo Brown. Yeah. Stateside cat, I'm pretty sure, but uh yeah, as far as I know, he uses like a, a program that's meant for like editing audio and film. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's how he makes his beats. But yeah, it's like Apollo Brown, Cooking Soul, Flat Stanley. Flat Stanley, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think you put me on the him. John. He's got some good Pardon? stuff. Uh, Flat Stanley. I was just saying, like, I think you put me on to him. You had shouted him out on Instagram or something. I was digging his music. Yeah, I just did that a couple of days. Those shortcut tapes are, like, uh, probably some of my favorites, to be honest. But uh, other than those three, I'd say it's, like, John Wayne and uh, Mad Lib. But those are sort of obvious picks for the most part. Dope, bro. I dig it. Yeah. So when you're when you're making stuff, is there like a specific like workflow that you go about? Is there anything like that you'll just like go to, or you, do you just keep it different every time? Uh, there used to be like when I was making like that hard funk kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, being funk spelled P H O N K, which is more or less like a you know a soul sampled bass trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, or smoked out trap as some people call it but 
Yeah, it used to be like a routine. I'd go with those and FL, but like I've sort of been pulling back from being in routine. So it's like I tend to start off with like the MPC nowadays, being the MPC 1000, and just sort of try to make some weird chops and then make patterns of those chops and then slap some drums on them, either from the MPC itself or the SP. And just keep on going that way but yeah there's no real specific routine anymore i'm trying to break that to be honest mm, okay see what yeah man i really yeah like i really appreciate and dig your sound because from a lot of the stuff that i hear nowadays like it seems like you have like a style that's consistent with like an actual like song structure because it seems like most of the music that you hear nowadays that's like lo-fi, you won't go over 16 bars. You won't go over uh, your your two minutes. like, And that's like the limit. But it seems yeah, like with a lot of your stuff. putting stuff out at like a minute 30 for the most part, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two loops jammed together and variation on the drums to make it feel like there's more loops, but there's not. Right. But that's not to shit talk anything. It's just, you know everyone's got their own style it's i just always try to be against the grain a little bit i guess yeah man that definitely shows that's that's one thing that i appreciate you know especially i appreciate you saying that of course sir i've been admiring (laughs) you for quite some time i think what was it that we met or not met but we first (laughs) got on we we linked up on instagram it's a little over a year ago i want to say Probably say, yeah, it's probably getting, probably getting close to two now. That's crazy. Time yeah. flies. I can't remember how I came across you, though, to be honest, because I think it was me that followed you initially, but I, I can't yep. remember how I came across it. But that's what it was. I was like, whoa, who's this guy? And then you, <laughs> I think what was it? You had, I started following you and then started like following like your stories and stuff. And you put me on a Doom <laughs> Shop. And I'm ever thankful for that because that's been some really good music to dig and get into. Yeah. yeah. Doom Love Shop and Freddie Dread. He's been blowing up here lately. Yeah. Which is really Yeah, Freddie Dredd's uh, a fellow Ontario boy. Yes. See From the right Oshawa. Now. Yeah, he's getting all over TikTok. I saw him. He's like crossing into like the medians that I follow now too. Like, cause I watch two dudes on uh, on YouTube. One is like a podcast, and the other is kind of like a comedy duo. They also have a podcast, but he was able to. I think they had like some sort of like Pornhub Awards or something in L.A. Yeah, yeah. He was he was there for that, and um, the podcast that I follow called H3, they had one of like their correspondents or somebody that they work for go to the thing. And then I guess they just met by chance and they're like, yeah, I listened to your stuff. You know, I really like your music. So I was like, oh man, everybody's digging him. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's pretty cool. I, I'd almost put him in the same category of like, he's almost like an Andrew WK of funk in a way. <laughs> yeah. Definitely like, like pushing the boundary, but like having your own style at the same time. Yeah, but it's also like it's sort of like uppity, like fun in a way. 
it's not like you know most of the stuff you hear within that genre is like dark and gloomy where it's like his lyrics are sort of comical at times <laughs> yeah i see what you're saying most of when i first heard him though most of it was coming from like the doom shop mixes because that's like the first yeah, first thing that i had ever heard yeah doom shop records is uh pretty tight for a collective of everybody. that was my impression for sure was a crazy first impression it because i think what that tells me is that everything does go back to a certain extent because if i'm not mistaken doom shop actually is rooted from those specific like days back in like the early 90s with like g-funk and memphis rap and stuff like that oh so, yeah that's definitely where their influence is from without a doubt it's like it's it's that definitely southern 90s stuff that never got media when like Ludacris was getting all his glory and all that stuff and like Trick Daddy and all that stuff and there was cats like 3-6 or Project Pat and uh, what's his name there not Lord Infamous what's the other guy can't remember his name but anyways yeah it's like it's it's all style set from those cats where it's like grimy dirty hard beats kind of deal mm-hmm. i love that cassette sound it's like all compressed and hissy yeah, yeah. cassette yeah. compression is the way to go oh yeah i think it's because of like that kind of sound and of course uh my dad of all people he turned me on to uh mac DeMarco. so listening to oh, him no yeah that's crazy he was on i guess npr and he's like a crazy avid listener of that radio station. So he was like, yeah, check this dude out. Or it was, my, it was either my dad or my sister. But they're... Yeah, my buddy actually showed me him not too long ago. Like, I'd say that's probably like six years back now. But yeah, he's a very talented cat. He's definitely doing his own thing. But like keeping like that old school aesthetic as far as like what he's recording with and his gear and stuff like that gives it its own yeah, vibe. That's, to me, that's honestly the way to go is like to use those old equipment and old gear and old, like all that kind of stuff. Like even just processing your stuff back into an actual cassette and then recording it out and then putting it into a DAW of your choosing. It's like that all those little baby steps really make a difference in sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, for me, that's the way to go. Like, I don't know, like it's it's good to sound clean and polished from time to time, but you gotta have some some dirt in there. For sure. I mean, you gotta have your own texture, you gotta have your own characteristics to the music. Cause I think like it's almost like a brainwashing if you think about it, like the things that we hear every day on the radio, because it's already polished to a mirror sheen, like it's already been like processed like to its fullest amount, to its fullest uh, capacity. So like there really isn't any like room for you to appreciate something that isn't going to be, if you were nothing but listening to what's on the radio and what's popular and stuff like that, that you can't really get into appreciating something like that. No, 100%. But that's sort of like, I don't know, that's where like a, a music listener sort of separates in my opinion is like, 
someone that like truly listens to music will listen to the radio for maybe two years and be like, there's gotta be more than this. For sure. And then, and then get digging. At least that's what it was for me. Damn man. Right on. So I have to ask about controller rise. How was, how did that go? Uh, that was pretty dope. So the show that they had here, uh, in part with, uh, the build co, which is a collective from over here in Toronto, uh, great show. Everyone did amazing sets. Uh, I'm a big fan of Josh Grant. So like his set was pure raining fire in my opinion. Like every time he does a set, it's always different and it's always like, I'm here to destroy. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, his set was crazy. Uh, Obviously stolen drum set was as good as it can be without a doubt. Uh, Same with uh, Eloquent that was there. And then uh, Max, I forget how to say his last name, Maximilian or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, His set was also really good. That cut's pretty, pretty quick with being able to like jump back to like three, four to four, four and all that kind of stuff. Like that kind of timing Mm -hmm. switches in his songs are pretty legit, but Josh Grant definitely killed that show. Same with the Astro mega. But uh, yeah, I would say when they were here, the, the best part about it was when the build did like their private episodes. that they do in a record shop and they put them on YouTube and all stuff like those sets were really special compared to the actual show that was at the Drake there. Okay. Um, So you're saying I was lucky enough to do a set with them on that. However, the recording didn't really turn out as we planned. So we had to scratch my, my set, but like, it was still pretty cool to play in front of those cats, especially stolen drums um, and fresh kills in that private little record shop show kind of deal wow yeah man that sounds really dope um so you said that there was like uh you said there was like recordings made like as far as like video shoots yeah so the build like as i said they did that show at the drake with controller eyes and it was like a i guess a partnership show Mm -hmm. and then the build has their own show that they do in a record shop it's like once a month and it's like invite only and they only showcase like three to four producers uh a show and it's just like you know you get a room of like 20 beat makers sort of just vibing off of each other listening to like three of their sets kind of deal but yeah that show those shows are always really special like if you have a chance definitely uh go on youtube and type in the build co it's it's worth your time. Bilco. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to write that down right now so I don't forget. Bilco. Yeah, definitely uh, some cats to follow and they're always looking to put some out-of-towners on a showcase. So, like, if you're ever in the mix to come up to Toronto and do a set, those are definitely cats to get in contact with or even settle blend. They're uh, pretty solid cats themselves as well. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for the for the information. 
So I guess yeah. with uh, you being so prominent in the scene in that area, would you say, like, I guess where would you say that you would could see the music scene heading now? Or where would you see it projected in the future? I wouldn't say I'm prominent uh, by any means. I definitely know the people that are sort of the ringleaders, I guess, in a way mm-hmm. over here. Um, but I would say Toronto is in the transition of sort of being open to different music where like beat makers and stuff like that uh, can sort of come to fruition in a way, especially with like events like loop sessions where it's like you go into this room with 30 producers and you get five minutes to sample something off a record. Everyone uses the same record. Then you get three hours to build a beat. But like with all that said, like Toronto's finally taking the steps to like being open to new shit because it's always had a bit of an issue where it's like if you play a show, like I used to DJ a lot in Toronto, like throughout the bars and all that stuff. Gotcha. And like anytime uh-huh. you throw on like some like offshoot, like say or like spark master tape or something like that, like people would be like, what the fuck is this? instead of just being like open to listening to it, if it follows the vibe. Um, so I would say it's starting to finally take the course where it's like, people are just there with open ears. That's nice. Which is, which is good. Yeah. About time to be definitely there. a good change of pace. Yeah. Good dichotomy. Cause I think, yeah, that's what we need. We need different, uh, we need different sounds out there because I mean, that's kind of been like my argument a little bit with like the reasoning behind starting this podcast is there is plenty of musicians out there, plenty of great talent. But when you have things like your Spotify and everything being playlisted, I feel like you're losing that personal connection between the listener and people actually listening. Or maybe is is it something that we're wanting? Are we wanting something to just... I don't know because it seems like everything always goes in a way where we got to have the biggest and the baddest. So to head into a direction or a mindset that I'm going to have like a thousand song playlist, I don't know. Does that seem more appealing versus having an individual artist or your own collective of people that you listen to? I have no idea. That's hard to hard to answer. To be honest, definitely. I I personally don't really uh try to affiliate myself with spotify um just because the way i look at it is it's like it's another grasp on technology's changes but like it's another grasp for record labels and like big time executives and so on and so forth to further hold the grips on those reins where it's like they control what you listen to because like let's be honest, like the average user on Spotify is not like digging deep to find like me or yourself. It's like the chances of that happening is pretty slim. Mm -hmm. They're playing like pure already curated by Spotify or whoever is the record label or whoever asks for money on a curation list. Like they're getting those playlists that have, you know, a million followers. It's not like, they're searching for the one that has like 200 followers, but it's still, you know, a brilliant playlist. 
So for me with Spotify, no, <laughs> but like, I don't know, everyone that I know that messes with like Bandcamp or even SoundCloud, it's like, those are the people that are like looking for those, those hidden gems. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see what you're saying, bro. But that is... I just think Spotify is like another another way for the, the corporations to continue to make money off the music. With cats like Eevee or even like uh, beside you, like BSD.U. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have respect for those cats, but in the same sense, like half the stuff that like really blew up off the hop with lo-fi especially was like people taking like straight you know segments from written jazz music and literally just slowing it down ever so slightly and then just throwing drums on it and like you know it is what it is i'm not hating on it by any means but no we're not purists out here i think we're all just trying to make what sounds good (laughs) at the end of the day yeah 100 percent. it's just like that's another reason why i don't really fuck with spotify is like it seems like it's overwhelmed with either the category i was talking about before where it's still like published by labels and curated by labels and all that stuff Mm. where like people are asking money to be on some curation list or playlist yeah well that's actually according to spotify that's actually illegal if they're doing that they they have a uh whatchamacallit they're they're basically allowing themselves to be put under review or have their stuff revoked if they are asking for money from people to be playlisted. Yeah, but I'm not going to lie. I've been approached by probably 12 people oh, that yeah. curate people. Most definitely, man. And that's the and thing. Like, like hey, They weren't pushing that. $20 American and I'll put you on this 2,000 song playlist that has... 42,000 followers on it and it's like okay like I get that everyone's trying to make money off this shit but like what the fuck yeah you can't be making me money off of other people's work like that no, that to me that know, just doesn't like, seem right not to like uh, bust shots to a, a specific person or anything but like I don't know if you've heard the cat uh, Dean Lofi yes yeah, that was that was all like over he, Twitter yeah, he's pretty well known for that shit. Like, I even went to the lengths of like joining his Patreon account just to like bring it to everyone's attention. That was part of that account of what was actually taking place. And uh, like, I played it cool for like two months on that account, and like, you know, tried to make myself a part of that community as a nice person. And then I brought it all up, and like within seconds of bringing it up i was like banned blocked and everything wow so you went and you went on the inside of course i always try to do it that way man it's like it's the only way to bring it to people's attention like even if it just woke up two people it's still worth it even if it's off my own back and like i literally paid money to be able to do that but Mm. you know whatever someone's got to fight the good fight yes sir i commend you (laughs) That's hilarious, though, too. Oh, had to, had to. <laughs> Good stuff, bro. Well, I guess uh, that's pretty much gonna do it as far as like the the whole interview thing itself. I just was gonna ask and see if you knew or could think of anything like for someone that's new 
or getting into this stuff for the first time, is there anything that you could maybe say or any sort of tips or anything that you could give someone if they, or something maybe even that you wish you knew from when uh, you were getting in the started? Sense of what, like getting into making music? Making yeah. Honestly, if I could uh, go back and start over and look at it how I look at it now, I would say the biggest piece of advice I would give myself is uh, not to sweat so much what you're making. Um, when I feel like when everyone starts out, like they're making something to try to gain some popularity in a way. It's like it's very rare that people are like off the hop. I'm just making this because I vibe with it. If you're at that point already, like stay right there. Don't leave that spot. But I feel like a lot of people that come in are like, I need to make something that's going to pop off and get me a bunch of followers so I can make this a reality kind of deal. I feel like if I was to go back, I would stay in the mindset of like, I'm just making this for my own enjoyment. Um, just simply because that's, I find that's where a lot of the stuff that got traction for me was that where it's like I just fuck with this song that I just made and and that's it so to anyone that's starting out if you make it and it makes your head bop and you fuck with it stick with that don't worry about follows or likes or plays or any of that shit just make it for the sake of making it for you beautiful beautiful stuff man yeah Young Unky, we got you here with uh, three different tapes that you've released uh, this year. We got Flip Trips, Flip Trips 2, and I was sick for three days. Yeah, that one was legit. I was sick for three days. (laughs) Hey, so you're getting getting sick with them beats. And that's what, when I had posted your thing, I'm like, come on now. This man is sick and he's putting out beats. Y'all have no excuses. Uh, truth be told, that's when I get the most time to like sit down with my music, with my job and all that stuff. It's like, like today I had a day off. Mind you, I've been packing all day, but like, you know, I still put in probably two hours of making beats where it's like, if it's a normal work day, like I might get 30 minutes. Mm. <laughs> so that the three days sick week or whatever was uh, a moment of productivity for me. Yeah, for sure. But I'm sure your head was also splitting in two. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, that's, I feel like that's why some of the tracks on there are sort of weird. It's probably like me being like uh, pretty influenced by the like cough and cold medication I was on. <laughs> oh, snap. You're making lean beats. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Got them. All right, man. Is there anything that you'd like to close with? Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, no, I, I feel like I plugged the homies already being like uh, Doom Shop and Subtle Blend and the Builds. Uh, really, I, I would say the only thing I got left to say is thanks. Like, thanks for the opportunity of me being able to speak my words to the the public there bro of course man i had to make you the the first interview to christ in the whole oh damn the whole thing yeah wow 
<laughs> I told you, that. man. I told you I admired you. I think I'm playing. Oh, God. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, we're still, you know, getting accustomed here. I, I hope we're going to keep it going, keep showing more artists, putting more people out here so people can listen and appreciate the people that, you know, that we're going to be talking about. And that's the thing too, because I want to pick out people that are genuine, that are doing this for like a passion. They're they're doing this because it's something that they are genuinely motivated to do. Yeah, I don't know. What's uh what do you uh hoping for more followership and all that stuff? I just go back to what I just said, man. Like just keep on doing it because you're about it. Don't worry about all that shit. That shit comes regardless. Wonderful. It's man. just a matter of time. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on here, bro. Thank you for having me.
little walk through the hall at school when the other children were in the room? Did you ever listen to the sounds that come from the room? Some rooms sound like this. What's happening inside? It looks as if everyone is busy at work. But it's so noisy. What makes the room so noisy?